Welcome back to Catherine's Corner. If this is your first episode, welcome. My name is Kirsten, and you're listening to A Quiet Corner of the Internet, where we talk about our feelings and thoughts and how we can grow into better humans. Make sure to follow or subscribe to the show wherever you like to listen from to never miss an episode every Monday. I mean Thursday, every Thursday. And if you want to stay updated on the show or me in general, I'm at Catharoxia everywhere that matters. Just type it into Google and I'll be right there. C-A-T-H-A-R-A-X-I-A. Hi, how are you doing? I hope you're doing well. I'm, I'm really tired. Uh, I've been tired for days, weeks, one might even say. But the end is near. It's holiday season. It's finally appropriate to play Christmas music, but let's be real, you've been playing Christmas music for months now. But this time isn't real. You can do whatever you want. (laughs) But I hope uh, whenever you end up listening to this, since it will come out on Thanksgiving, um, that you had uh, a good start to the holiday season. And if you aren't American, or you're not celebrating Thanksgiving, I mean, I hope it was a good Thursday. (laughs) I hope you're having a good Thursday or whatever day of the week it is that you end up listening to this. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I don't have much else to say to start off our little talk here. I wanted to talk today about mindfulness since, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't know what I was gonna do this episode about until the very last minute. Like this, I think this is the most I pushed off an episode since the summer, because I, I, I've just had a lot of thoughts, and I couldn't decide which, which bucket of thoughts I wanted to bring to the table today, you know, because I don't want to bring undeveloped things, because that's not what this is. This isn't like that kind of diary, you know what I mean? I like to bring semi-formed ideas that you and I can both benefit from talking about. So, for today, that idea is mindfulness. (laughs) So let's talk about it. Okay, so mindfulness, like I was saying, I think this has been a topic that I've been wanting to bring up on the podcast at some point. I mean, it's kind of like a... I don't know, maybe, what's a, what am I getting at here? I feel like talking about mindfulness for this podcast is like when a teen show has like an episode about cyberbullying, <laughs> it's kind of like, it's inevitable that it's going to happen at some point, because this has like a self-improvement vibe, even if that's not exactly what it is, but mindfulness was bound to come up at some point. And I'm glad I didn't do it earlier in the show because I don't think what I would have said about it would have been as beneficial or as well understood as it is now. Because I think I, at this current point, have never been more qualified to discuss being present, aka mindfulness just because I have been on all sides of the spectrum. And I feel like a lot of times when people talk about mindfulness, it's either people who think that they've achieved mindfulness, or it's like gurus who have been mindful for years on end and have forgotten what it's like for the rest of us 
who are just anxious all the time <laughs> and just can't handle being present. Um, so, uh, that being said, mindfulness. I want to talk about mindfulness because I also feel like in that same vein, mindfulness is getting progressively more associated with virtue signaling, kind of like self-care and just like that whole spectrum of buzzword discourse, you know? Is anything related to self-care and mental wellness, I feel like sometimes can have a bit of like a look how much higher functioning I am than you, which I don't think that's ever a good approach when talking about mindfulness because like it's hard in making it seem like it's going to solve every issue in your life too I think can be really overwhelming for people who just don't engage with it at all we should probably explain if you're not like fully aware what mindfulness is because I think it's something that we're all familiar with but the term may not get used as frequently. So mindfulness is the idea of just being present in the moment. Um, states of mindfulness can usually be achieved uh, through very meditative tasks, such as meditating or sorting something. Some people may enter a state of mindfulness cleaning. Just when you're in a state where you're sort of focused on one thing, your brain is being pulled in like 25 different directions, you're able to center yourself a bit um, about what you're thinking. <laughs> because it's a really hard state of mind to get into a lot of the time, that state of mindfulness. And it's a state of mind that I have been struggling to be in pretty much all semester if I'm being quite honest, because I know that, especially at this current point, because, you know, people are malleable and blah, 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 at this current point in my life, I am not present as a person, like, ever. <laughs> like, not without forcing myself to be, just because I am someone who experiences a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, and my coping mechanism for such stress and anxiety has been escapism, whether it is escaping into my own brain or escaping onto the internet in whatever capacity that looks like, just not fully being engaged with my senses and body and state of mind, if that makes any sense, which I'm sure it does. <laughs> And another thing that happens for me personally, which isn't, it's not uncommon, I don't want to state it like that, but like, isn't great, as I tend to like dissociate sometimes when I'm in a deep state of just detachment from my stress, which has been happening more frequently recently because, you know, high stress situations can lead to dissociation a bit, which is again something I think I mentioned in the last episode or something like that I would recommend looking it up but to explain it very simply it's just a state where you're very detached from your body there's like three different versions of it to where you're disengaged from yourself uh, to where like looking at yourself in the mirror you don't connect that that's you in the mirror um, there's a state where you're disengaged from reality to where reality sort of feels like a dream state. 
And then there's like a third one that I can't remember right now because the first two tend to be like the most prominent and I tend to go more towards the latter than the former most of the time. But that's usually when I'm under lots and lots of stress. And if it's not that, then I'm just heavily daydreaming because again, escapism. And um, neither of those are mindful states of being and neither of those are very productive states of being. And even past like productivity, it's just not healthy because when I do even just escapism alone, it kind of continues to cycle of stress. So I get stressed, so I leave my body or sense of reality and then the fact that I've left makes me more stressed so then I end up it's just like a continuous cycle of just like screaming <laughs> and during the summer I was more mindfulness inclined give me a second here I'm gonna preface this I'm not editing this episode I don't have the energy I don't have the time I don't have the energy. I'm not editing this episode, so I'm apologizing ahead of time for any, like, non-normal podcast voices that I usually edit out. I'm sorry, but, like, I just, I can't today, (laughs) but I still want to get this out for you, if that's okay, (laughs) but, um, as I was saying, during the summer, I was definitely more mindfulness inclined, I think. That's because I have the time, and I don't think I would have functioned if I hadn't. So I was meditating a lot, a lot. Let's show, <laughs> like maybe like three times a week maximum. Like I was meditating more than I had previously. I was journaling more. I would go on walks sometimes, like just engaging in more like mindful activities. Like I was exercising pretty regularly. But, like that, you gotta stop. Because, like, as we've established before, sense makes me want to eat myself off of Earth. <laughs> and so school ruined it. School ruined the whole mindfulness routine that I had kind of put in for myself, which sucked. Because I've already, out of these, like, objectively healthy routines, subjectively healthy coping mechanisms, entering this space that I had no idea the degree to how stressful school was going to be this semester, and I'm just stressed beyond oblivion and barely getting through, and I have none of the tools, or I'm not engaging with any of the tools that I have used to help me, and by default, because of escapism, I just immediately went to like let me numb my brain out as much as possible which is fine I I don't want to get down on myself too much for that because like what else was I gonna do like what am I gonna do if I just don't have the time to be exercising or meditating or doing all those things in the same way I was before not having the proper amount of time to think through how I can like adjust them you know what I mean like I was just doing the best I could but the reality is, is that it's been very detrimental to my mental health, which I, if you haven't been able to tell, wow, amazing. That's a testament to moi, <laughs> of uh, just how high-functioning I am. But the reality is, is that uh, I haven't been doing great because of it, because I've been so deeply detached from uh, everything. 
because I realized uh, with my spiral away um, that the cycle was worse. Also, one thing that I feel like people don't talk about enough in regards to like mindfulness and like escapism and even like I'm, I mean dissociation it talks about with, but like my capacity to feel when you're not present in the moment, it's a lot harder to feel things. And I'm not saying you're an emotionless husk. I'm saying, like, just, like, think about, like, the senses. A lot of times, when we're going about our day, we're not fully engaged with our senses. You're not fully engaged with the feeling of, like, your legs and your arms making contact with a chair. You're not fully engaged with, like, the feeling of, like, your hair on your head or the clothes on your skin because that would be unnerving 100% of the time. But when, at least with the state that I was getting to, when I was so deeply detached from everything because I just couldn't handle the stress of everything, it started to corrupt my emotions and my emotional responses. And I feel like the way that I used to respond to things was heavily dimmed because I just wasn't responding to any part of my environment, you know? And that's not great. I feel like that's bad for empathy as well. I feel like most of the time I can be a very empathetic person, but I was finding it increasingly difficult to be empathetic to the same capacity as before, which is fine because again, you gotta take care of yourself. And if you're not taking care of yourself, then how can you take care of others? But also like, definitely an issue, you know? Um, and another downside with like that detachment is that I was accidentally detaching from situations I wanted to be present in. Um, with like like talking to my friends or hanging out with my friends, um, because I've been in such a deep state of like detachment, it made it harder for me to like re-engage with what's happening because like I'm there but also there's still like at least 10% of me that's not there because that's how I've been operating for months with like 50% in 50% out so even when I want to be in all the way I struggle to be in all the way which sucks that's not how life is meant to be lived (laughs) but unfortunately that's the state I've kind of found myself in So it's like, okay, I presented all these issues. How can we solve them, right? I'm I'm so sorry. I I don't know, I slipped into a vaguely British accent there. It is late. I have been slipping in and out of it all day. It makes me happy. It makes me so happy. (laughs) So if I do it, just ignore it. Just let me do nothing. Just let me do my thing. (laughs) But I'm going to try and suppress it because it is annoying. (laughs) Um, But yes, so how have I been trying to solve the issue right now? I feel like the first step for me is stop trying to fix things. As I kind of mentioned before, I think in the last episode or two, I uh, I need to stop the hyper fixation on fixing myself. Ooh, fixation on fixing. Ooh. Hmm. 
where could that go? Not important right now. Anyways, I, I just I need to calm it down uh, because I'm a person, not a robot. Um, I don't have an algorithm I need to tweak. Um, this is just, it's going to be a process. You can't just be like, oop, everything fixed. Like, that's not how that works. It's going to be a process that I'll go in and out of for the rest of my life. Um, step two. <laughs> Uh, bringing back mindfulness practices gradually for me it hasn't been so much getting back into the exact same things I was doing before but more so trying to bring in like similar ideas like I haven't been able to meditate the same way I was before but I have been like crocheting a crap ton and that feels the same for me as meditating because it's so focused it calms my brain and like i'll listen to like a podcast or music while crocheting and it's so nice so calming it helps me focus in my classes a lot and i just i really like it i really appreciate it another thing like that for me i've been journaling again uh just because that has always been a practice that has helped me a lot and also for me journaling because I lose chunks of my memory now, it helps sort of preserve different states of being that I was in so that I can look back on it in the future, which I appreciate a lot. Because again, I forget so much. It's, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing how much I forget. <laughs> and like another one for me uh, would be something like today where I like went on a walk for a little bit and just like vibed away from like the stressful setting and engaged with my emotions even if it was just like in my head like letting myself feel panicked if I was feeling panicked and understanding where that was coming from and if it was true or false because like anxiety can lie to you and such and such I like engaging with fatigue like I'm feeling right now like I know I'm tired I know why I'm tired, and that's okay. We're just rolling with it. <laughs> but that's that's been what that's been looking like for me. It's just trying to engage more with the world around me and finding like those calmer states of mind so that I don't let anxiety and stress sort of drive me away from reality. <laughs> On that note, let's take a break real quick, huh? <laughs> Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed <laughs> the little advert. Um, if you didn't, oops. Anyways, <laughs> let's talk about some favorites for this week. My first favorite. That sounded so sarcastic. I wasn't being sarcastic. I'm just sleepy. <laughs> my first favorite for this week is my hat. I made a hat. I crocheted a hat all by myself. I, I saw a TikTok, someone had made like this adorable strawberry hat, and I was like, oh, it's just a spiral at the top and then it goes down? I think I could do something like that. Is it exactly the same? Of course not. But I made myself a hat. It is so cute. It looks like a blue version of like that strawberry shortcake hat. I love it. I love it so much. It's so cute. And I crocheted it myself. It was so calming. I was working on it uh, the whole time I was on my trip. Um, which that's number two on my list. 
I sorry I paused because I realized I hadn't linked the previous one to mindfulness although like I said before crocheting has been a mindful activity for me so on to my trip so much fun so very grounding of a trip I that's how I kind of realized how like I had realized I was struggling with mindfulness right beforehand but if anything it just confirmed it for me on both ends because like I was kind of getting it before struggling to be fully present in certain moments but for the most part a very nice return to my body and what it feels like to be a normal human person and not just a reflection of my reflection all the time (laughs) you don't know what's happening um (laughs) but yes my trip was a favorite um of this past week it was fun i got to see my friends and i feel like my friends ground me and just remind me of the best version of myself and just how wonderful it is to be around people who actually understand you and get you yeah my third favorite for this week i'm zooming through these today (laughs) my third favorite for this week uh phone calls with friends um not to talk to a friend i hadn't talked to in months yesterday and again another like strangely not strangely because like like i said my friends ground me it was a nice grounding experience i had not to talk to him in so long and um yeah simple as that so there's another like mindfulness tactic for you reach out to your to your people your circle the people that make you feel like yourself because that was good that was a good chat good chat we had (laughs) i just appreciate it a lot i i don't know man i miss my friends what's new that's nothing special everyone misses their friends right now but i miss my friends a little bit more so a little bit more But yeah, so that's all I have for the favorites of today. I'm kind of sorry that it's low energy, but also not at all. Because that's not what the show is. If you want a high energy show, go listen to the David Dobrik podcast. I've never listened to it once in my life, and I'm assuming that's what it is based on the clips of his videos that I've seen, because I've never seen those either. On that note, let's return back to mindfulness. <laughs> Alright, y'all. Like I was saying, mindfulness. 2020 has been one long mindfulness exercise, I think, in retrospect. Because, like, there's so much. There's just been so much happening in one year and i'm sure it's not that oh let me not say that not it's not never lived through a plague before so let me not say that but there's just been a lot that's happened this year oh it feels a lot like it's been a lot more than normal and uh yeah i feel like if you aren't at least a little bit present it's easy to get swept away in all the stuff that's happening. 
because it feels like a tsunami of constant information. So like the only way to escape being completely drowned out by it is to sort of ground yourself in reality, or at least your version of reality, because reality isn't standardized, right? Like we can also experience the world very differently based on our environment, our different identities, quite literally our eyes. Like nobody sees the same color. <laughs> That's just a scientific fact, dude. Your your eyes receive that different than everybody else does. Isn't that weird? Isn't that weird to think about? That's not the point of this. My point is was that I feel like for certain parts of 2020 I did a really good job mindfully processing things and then for other parts I did a really bad job. I failed it. And while I kind of touched on this earlier already, I really hate being present. I hate it so much because being present means dealing with reality or like engaging with reality, I guess is a better way to put it. And reality is just so boring and bleak and just but so blah, as my orchestra teacher used to say. Which, like, uh, I'm not gonna explain that one. <laughs> you get the context clues. It's just not it. So sometimes leaving reality into whatever dream world I have going on in my head is nice. But on the other hand, sometimes I don't go there. Sometimes I end up in a whirlwind of my own anxieties. And as we have established earlier, anxiety likes to lie to you and tell you about a version of reality that just doesn't exist. It's whatever you come up with in your head. And it sucks because if you live there for too long, it starts to become your reality. Because as a wise man once said, reality is what you make it. <laughs> on a good day I feel like my detachment lets my imagination do its thing and come up with like interesting ideas but even when it does that to be an active participant in living presence is key because even if I have like a good idea for a story right which happens to me constantly <laughs> that, that came out really arrogant that's not what I meant I'm not saying like I'm a, a little genius a little artistic genius I'm just saying I have a lot of thoughts <laughs> a lot of ideas are they all good? I used to say but I have them and even if I come up with a good one if I'm not present enough to write it then it's pretty much nothing which happens to me more often than I'd like it to because I'm just constantly detached from what's happening. So I've been trying to rework my understanding of mindfulness so that it appeals to me a bit more outside of just like, we need to be present because like, duh. But like, what does that mean, right? I think in high school when I was first introduced to mindfulness, it was under the context of being more focused. Because I think I've mentioned this before. I was one of those gifted kids in the gifted kid programs. And in high school, fun little fact, um, when you're in elementary school, it's like, ah, do all the smart things and puzzles and shit. And then when you're in high school, it's like, oh shit, we fucked you up, didn't we? Oh no, oh no, you're mentally ill. That's crazy. Let's give you all these tools so you're not as mentally ill anymore. 
and um, <laughs> that, that's what I learned about mindfulness was through that program. When I was introduced, like I said, it's more of like a, you're probably all over the place, right? So uh, here are some tools to be more focused for school and such, and maybe like some calming breath work thrown in for the obvious stress and anxiety you have because gifted kid programs, right? But, like I said before, you kind of need mindfulness for all aspects of your life, not just school. And I find that the more I associate mindfulness with productivity, the less appealing it is to me, not because I hate being productive, but because it makes me feel uh, like a slave to my environment. (laughs) Which is funny, because anxiety kind of puts me in the same position, to where, like, when I do work because I'm anxious, that, like, if I don't do it, something absolutely terrible is going to happen. It's the same thing. I'm still a slave to my environment, but it feels significantly worse. (laughs) So no one's winning on either end here. So now I kind of see it more, or I'm trying to see it more, as slowing my brain down and quieting the echoing that happens inside it. Because I know for me personally, because I can't speak for everyone, obviously, a lot of the time, my brain is like a boomerang of thoughts that I've had over the course of my entire life. And sometimes it comes out as a conversation, but a lot of the times it comes out as like a really shitty flowchart of just like, okay, I was thinking this one thing, it branched out into three things I'm thinking about at the same time, which branched out into three more things I'm thinking about at the same time, and forever and ever and always. And it's just not it. It's not. It's not functional. So mindfulness, reaching a state of presence, um, presentness helps me get to that place a little bit easier. Another way that I've been looking at it is um, bringing my mind and body back to present sensations. Because coming in contact with your senses is another great way to practice mindfulness and being present. And as someone who struggles with that especially and kind of needs that to function and be a person, <laughs> it makes mindfulness much more appealing because you can be there more naturally the more you engage with mindfulness. So that's another thing with mindfulness. While it's not a permanent state of being, the more you practice it, the more, the easier it is for you to enter that state over time. And I've fallen out of practice, so it's gotten significantly harder. So I'd like to get back into practice so it's easier and I'm not just floating around in space for the rest of time. So to me, mindfulness is about respecting the present more than engaging with the present because like I said before it bores me (laughs) because I'm not sure how much of this resonates with you but in my understanding our minds don't really care about time our minds don't experience time the way we experience time we tend to understand time very linearly where I think our minds engage with time in almost like a pile (laughs) not even a circle just a pile of just whatever works at whatever time, you know, 
because you'll go and start like fantasizing about the future and then you'll somehow end up in the past again and you'll be in the present and the past and the future and the present and the past and the future and it's not linear at all and i think with mindfulness it kind of helps bring us back to the current place that we're in and help us sort of respect the present a little bit more because it's easy to dismiss the present because it's the present and the past is filled with nostalgia and the future is filled with possibility but there is a lot of worth in the present so mindfulness is me forcing myself to care enough to ground myself to engage with the moment <laughs> and i'm so bad at it i'm terrible at it right now i will probably continue to be terrible at it at multiple points in my life and that's fine it's fine because it all comes back to patience <laughs> wow i wonder if this season is starting to have a theme of patience hmm. Hmm. i guess it's this the season of my life more so <laughs> sorry that was bad um <laughs> um but yes patience i feel like it also comes back to patience being patient with the process being patient with the present it all comes back to patience mindfulness and that's all i have for you today <laughs> i know a very sudden exit ending to our conversation about mindfulness but it had to be done it had to be done <laughs> don't want to drag this out longer than it needs to right <laughs> Before I let you go, let's take some mindful, calm breaths and then go our separate ways, okay? In, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, out, two, three, four, five, six, in, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, out, two, three, four, five, six, in, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, out, two, three, four, five, six. Before you go, remember to follow or subscribe wherever you like to listen from to receive future episodes. This podcast is available to listen to on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, and Stitcher. And if you want to stay updated on the show or me in general, I'm at Gatharoxia, everywhere that matters. You're amazing. You're doing what you can. Take care, and I'll see you here next week on Gathers Corner. <laughs>